0: hey everybody come on down to the seventh episode of alphabet scoop g is for game shows we are an alphabetical podcast where every episode is dedicated to a subject starting with the letter of the alphabet and as i mentioned today's soup of the day is g for game shows But before we meet our lovely contestants, I have here with me my co host.
1: Hi, I'm Ben. I'm a co host.
0: And also, I'm Heather. I guess I didn't
1: say that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We are both Heather and Ben together. I mean, like, well, I mean, we are both. We aren't. I mean, I'm not Heather and Ben. I'm just Ben. Never mind. (laughs) People probably understood.
0: We are both separately <laughs> Ben and Heather.
1: This is, we just happen to both be named that. Yes. Heather and Ben. Anyway. So, what's the grand prize? Anyway.
0: Well, the grand prize on today's show is a steaming bowl of history.
1: <laughs> cool. Didn't we just have one of those last week?
0: Yeah, that's the prize every week. Though. Oh. <laughs> so, on This day, in 1955, February 24th, uh, someone you may have heard of, Steve Jobs, was born.
1: Hmm. He does sound familiar. Did he make Flappy Bird? Uh,
0: no. He may have wished he made Flappy Bird. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so, Steve, happy birthday... Posthumously, <laughs> the Steve Jobs. If you're interested, there's like a billion movies about him now, so
1: That's so watch weird. those.
0: Yeah, he's he's pretty popular in movies as a subject matter lately. So,
1: what game show do you think he would be on?
0: Hmm, I think he probably would have done pretty well on. Who wants to be a millionaire?
1: Oh, yeah, that that does make sense. What about Dirty Jobs? What's on a game show, I guess? Plus, he probably (laughs) wouldn't want to be on a show called that. Dirty?
0: (laughs) No. That might make it a little different. Well, anyway, Ben, do you know how long game shows have been around?
1: Uh... The like TV or radio? Because I bet, if you count radio, it would go all the way back to radio times.
0: Well, you're right. Radio programs featuring game show type of programming did come first. But do you know when the first televised game show aired?
1: I'm going to say... nineteen. 19- when were TVs invented? 1939.
0: Oh, you are so close. Really? The very first televised game show, Spelling Bee, was broadcast in 1938.
1: Ah, oh, I was trying to estimate when I thought TV existed.
0: Well, you were really close.
1: <laughs> Is the point of that game just to spell?
0: Um, yeah. It seems, well, I mean, it was 1938 and TV was barely around, so it, I mean, it didn't really take that much to entertain people. They were probably amazed to be seeing anything.
1: Oh, yeah, that is a good point. I mean, that seems like it could work perfectly well as a radio show.
0: Yeah, well, actually, it was a radio show and Uh a TV show.
1: That that explains it then. Might as well just transfer to a different media.
0: must. And yeah, it was pretty much just a spelling bee. And then the TV version contestants would compete against TV stars from the era.
1: Oh, okay. That makes it more cool then.
0: Yeah. So that was the first televised game show. Um, after that, there was a show called Truth or Consequences in 1941.
1: That sounds familiar. I think that must have been rebooted a few times.
0: Um, probably. I mean, a lot of shows kind of follow the whole tell the truth or something bad will happen to you format.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think there was one where they were hooked up to a lie detector and they would get, like, shocked or, like, burned or something if they were lying.
0: Uh, yeah, there's been some pretty ridiculous ones.
1: I have to look this up now. I can't remember what it was called, but I remember seeing the commercials for it and that it did not last very long.
0: Uh, and it looks like Bob Barker was one of the hosts of this Truth or Consequences show. How
1: old is he? Uh,
0: I'm not sure, but he hosted it from 1956 to 1975, apparently. Wow. It was part quiz show and part wacky stunts.
1: <laughs> like What kind of stunts?
0: Um, a zany and embarrassing stunt, Ben.
1: (laughs) Oh, did they get slimed?
0: Um, well, uh, Nickelodeon was not around yet, so probably not. Oh. Uh, so anyway, after those couple of shows in the 50s, TV became more popular, more people started having TVs, and then game shows became more popular during the daytime. They would have game shows, sort of like stuff that we have now, like The Price is Right for like housewives that would be at home watching people win smaller prizes, like a dinette set.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they would have the real high stakes programs in prime time.
1: Oh sort that, of that makes like sense. your
0: your Who Wants to be a Millionaire and your Ooh. deal or no deals <laughs> of the day. Uh shows like 21, which I think you may have something to say about later.
1: Yeah I've heard about that.
0: And the sixty four thousand dollar question
1: Oh, is that like that Pyramid show? It's always Um, something dollar pyramid. It always changes, so I never remember the name of it.
0: I'm not sure how similar it is to Pyramid. I've never really understood exactly the premise of Pyramid.
1: (laughs) It's like Uh, Rapid Fire Password, I think.
0: Hmm. Yeah, this one, it sounds like it was kind of, they had a series of questions and they got slightly more difficult as they went on. And then they had to choose to either take the prize for that question or leave it to be able to answer another question. And the final question was worth. Sixty-four dollars. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Ooh. Oh, okay. Apparently, this was it was based off of a radio quiz show called "Take It or Leave It." Oh. That that was the format of the radio show in which the highest question was worth sixty-four (laughs) dollars. That was during the forties.
1: Okay.
0: So then, the sixty-four thousand-dollar question came around later, but it was based off of that, which is makes more sense now, because 64 is kind of a random number.
1: Yeah, unless you're tr- talking about, like, Nintendo.
0: Yeah, but uh, this one, it seems like it was a little more similar to Jeopardy, kind of.
1: Yeah, that sounds almost uh, like
0: Millionaire. Yeah, there were categories that they could choose from. And then, uh, hold on. Sorry, my cat just jumped in front of my computer screen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they had categories that they could choose from, and then they would have to answer questions from that category, and the money would double each time as the questions became more difficult, okay. and the highest amount that you could win was sixty four thousand.
1: That seems to make some sense. So, yeah
0: kind of like a combination of Jeopardy and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> oh, I think I found that thing I was talking about, the torture game show. Oh. Well, that's how I tried to Google it, because I could not remember what it was. It seems to be called The Chamber. And of commerce. It was on Fox in 2002, which I guess is why I remember it. Uh, it was it was not 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 good. Uh, contestants go back and forth answering stuff. and you got penalized sometimes where you get strapped to a chair. well, here's one of the things it's strapped to a chair, arms raised above your head, there are electrodes, muscle contractors, medical equipment attached. There are various other uh, see there's one where they'll raise the temperature to one hundred and ten degrees. It says sometimes up to 170 degrees by the end. There's a wow. simulated earthquake thing, wind gusts of 40 miles an hour. The oxygen level would drop in the chamber. There were air cannons. Or it could be in the cold chamber where the temperature goes starts at 30 degrees Fahrenheit and goes down to negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Ooh, yikes.
1: Yeah, and there, that also has wind gusts and the oxygen dropping and stuff like that. It was a terrible, terrible game show. Okay, sorry. Uh,
0: yeah, so anyway, so in the 50s, they had these game shows going on, $64,000 question, 21. These shows, there started to be some controversy as people discovered that some of them were rigged.
1: Uh-oh.
0: And then a lot of them got canceled because nobody wants to watch a rigged game show.
1: Yeah, that's not as exciting as seeing a real person try to win.
0: So after that, they started to have more panel games, which came over from the UK somewhat, where they had a lot of shows um, such as Would I Lie to You? Mock the Week and QI. I love those. i uh, I watched two yeah, of those so, at least.
1: I've never seen Mock the Week. I've seen two of those.
0: Those are more usually funnier. There's usually celebrities on them.
1: You know, we used to Anthony have comedy Christian. panel shows in like the sixties. Yeah. Sixteen seventies, and, and then they disappeared here. And the UK, just has millions of them. Not literally, but still.
0: They do have a lot of them. Sort of like, well, we have Whose Line Is It Anyway? Which is sort of like a game show, but it's kind of like the point is more just to be funny and the points, as they say, don't count. <laughs> yeah, or do matter. That was
1: actually them, too. They had that first. It is one that we took and it actually seemed to go well over here.
0: Yeah, so then in the 60s... Uh, jeopardy actually made its appearance in 1964 Ooh. and the original version of the match game in 1962 oh, that which was is good. the one that you always say parodied, where there's like bachelor number two what would you do where would you take me on a date or something Wait, like that
1: well, if that was the match
0: game uh, I believe so.
1: Oh, the match game was like, there's six celebrity panel people, and there are like two random contestants who don't really matter. And it's always some kind of punchline, like, oh, it was so hot, my Uncle Freddie said it was blank. You need to try to match as many as you can with the celebrities.
0: Oh, maybe it was.
1: There might have been another match game, I don't know.
0: Well, there actually is.
1: Well, I'm thinking of that one then. That's the one I know. Because that's the one that like uh, Charles Nelson Riley was on all the time. And younger Betty White.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. I think you're right. It says contestants try to answer fill in the blank questions, and they had to match answers given by celebrity panelists.
1: I watched a lot of that on the Game Show Network.
0: So, wait, which one am I thinking of?
1: The Dating Game?
0: The Dating Game, yes. That one was also <laughs> from the 60s. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: and also, Let's Make a Deal started in 1963. Oh, yeah, I
1: forgot about that. I forgot it died out, and then we rebooted it with Wayne Brady.
0: Yeah, so then uh, CBS gave up on day- daytime game shows... In 1968, but other networks continue to have more of them. Uh, The Price Is Right, which everyone knows and loves, yeah, which is still going on today, (laughs) debuted in 1972.
1: Ooh.
0: Although, actually, that says that's an update of the 50s-era game show, The Price Is Right. So that may actually have been the reboot.
1: Well, wow, they've been rebooting them for years.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically the prices Right has been around for a long time.
1: You know what happened to and, Supermarket Sweep?
0: Um, I don't know, but I loved that show.
1: I want that one back. Because people, all I remember is you need to go in there and just grab the meat. Get tons <laughs> yes. of meat.
0: It's it's so funny, but even like as a child watching that show, I was like, if I could go on any game show, I want to go on that show.
1: <laughs> I think that's because that's the kind of thing that as a kid you want to do. You just want to go to like the grocery store and shove everything into your cart.
0: Yeah, or those things where, well, it wasn't really a game show, but they would have like the Toys R Us kids shopping spree. Oh,
1: yeah. Or <laughs> you
0: just like go through and throw everything you can fit <laughs> in your cart in a certain amount of time.
1: That would have been fun.
0: Uh yeah and then Family Feud started in 1976. Oh, okay. Uh and then the $10,000 Pyramid like you were mentioning earlier started in 1973. Uh and then everyone's favorite, well maybe not favorite <laughs> But a well-known and loved game show that is still running today is Wheel of Fortune, started in 1975.
1: Oh, yeah, another classic right up there with Jeopardy.
0: Yep, so the in the 70s is when a lot of the ones that we still know and have today got started. So they've been around for quite a while.
1: And most new ones now just die. Now we just have reality game shows. Or we did in like the 90s and early 2000s, but those have all just turned into reality shows. No no winners or contestants, just following weird families around.
0: Yeah, or like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all the billion Bachelor variations on the theme.
1: Yeah, those, I think Survivor still survived. But <laughs> we had so many more of those. I know we had... That help, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? It's just Celebrity Survivor. That is huge in the UK. They have seasons of it every year. But oh, ours yeah. like got canceled in one season. I think Shatner was on it.
0: They also have like entire channels devoted to Big Brother.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Like, that just
0: shows it like 24-7.
1: Like a constant live stream. I think you could do that online now, but wow. Uh,
0: there were also... Starting in the '80s, one of my favorite game shows, Double Dare on Nickelodeon, hosted by Mark Summers.
1: Oh, the Nickelodeon ones were great.
0: Yes, they had some amazing ones. That one, Legends of the Hidden Temple, that was that was the other show that I always wanted to go on.
1: Oh yeah, I like. What was the one that had the crag?
0: Um, I think that was global guts,
1: oh yeah, that sounds right. I like that one, and then I would wake up in the morning and watch Nick Arcade sometimes, which is like kids playing video games and then they're in a green screen live action one.
0: Oh wow, I don't oh. remember that one.
1: Oh, it's the other one with the giant head in Summer Sanders.
0: oh, oh man, that one was so good,
1: yeah, Nickelodeon uh panel show basically.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. And I remember that it always had the guy from Pete and Pete on it.
1: Yeah, he was always. Oh, figure it out. Danny
0: Tamperelli. Figure it out, yeah.
1: (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, a lot of those came out in the 80s and 90s. And Nickelodeon kind of had its own hold on the whole kids game shows or more physical challenge type shows. Yeah. Uh, There was also What Would You Do?
1: That's the one I can't ever remember the name of. I loved that one.
0: And Family Double Dare.
1: Uh, I think I remember Beetlejuice being on What Would You Do once. Uh,
0: So today CBS is currently the only major network that airs daily national game shows they still show the prices right and according to this since 2009 they have been had the revival of let's make a deal
1: yeah i wow i didn't know 2009 already i knew it happened but wow
0: so yeah that's a little bit of the history of game shows they're definitely not in their prime anymore
1: (laughs) no i know it's so sad because they're the best and we don't have nearly as many as we used to, and at least not, or especially not any good ones anymore, which is why I watch the UK panel shows. Cause at least it's something. So you were talking earlier about the 1950s in game rigging. There were a series of quiz. So quiz show scandals back then because of this rigging stuff, uh, I think it was found that it wasn't entertaining enough. People loved it way more when it was a really close game, where like one challenger kept going, like Ken Jennings, for Jeopardy. Like everyone knows about the Ken Jennings Jeopardy thing because of that, and it like made Jeopardy ratings go way high temporarily. So the 1950s, they figured this out too, and they wanted to rig it because in 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled. That quiz shows were not a form of gambling, and so that's when the like, prize money start to or was allowed to be bigger and bigger. You don't have to pay to enter for those; you just show up and answer stuff. Well, they they started rigging it. They hired one guy. This is all by the way, There's a movie based on this called Quiz Show that I really want to watch. I just have never gotten around to it yet. Yeah, so there was uh, one guy came on the show. He was hired and told like which ones to get right, which ones to get wrong. And then after he started doing too well, he didn't want to back down and mess up on purpose. So they would hire a second guy on who was also fake, and they would kind of go back and forth with these two people. And it got huge, and people found out, and the whole thing just got turned into a huge scandal, and it actually killed game shows for a while, which is why we didn't have all that many in the early 60s you mentioned only ones in the late 60s and some of those is uh, where we started getting all of our celebrity panel shows from like the match game and uh hollywood squares and all of that kind of stuff oh yeah because then you can, i mean he's not gonna rig that this is comedians making jokes well i'm gonna talk about a different form of game show cheating This is when the contestants find a way to cheat. And there are two really big cases of this. One was on a game, have you ever heard of Press Your Luck?
0: I believe I have.
1: That's the one where there's a board and lights go around and light up randomly around it. And you really don't want to get a whammy. So they always go big money, big money, no whammies.
0: Oh, that's what that's from.
1: Yeah, because you could get uh, prizes and a free spin. You could win like a boat trip, some or I guess a cruise ship, not as a boat trip. Or you could. <laughs> that you know, sounds
0: a little <laughs> underwhelming.
1: Yeah, or you could get a whammy and lose everything that you've earned so far. And the way the game works is, uh, first, you there are three the contestants. You answer questions. You can buzz in at any point during a question and answer it. And then it's multiple choice. It's the answer that person said, plus two more. And then that's how you kind of earn spins to play. And then you go on and you can play your spins to earn as much money as you can. And you press your luck and hope you don't get a whammy. Well, there was this guy named Michael Larson. He, at the time, he drove a ice cream truck around... But he bounced around. He thought he was smarter than everyone else. He never really had a solid job anywhere. So he would just watch this show over and over. He would Which,
0: had What? Was he smarter than a fifth grader? I, he might have been.
1: He did okay. Uh, he bought a few different TVs to watch at once. And he would play like VHS tapes that he recorded off the TV of this game... So he could study it and learn it. And he learned trivia. He might listen to this podcast if he were still alive today. But he probably wouldn't. So uh, he drove to California to be on this show. He like bought, or not drove, sorry, I think he took a bus. He got a cheap suit at some thrift store. And he got his way onto the show through the interview and everything. Uh, I think I even read one of the producers did not want to have him on. But the other one's like, yeah, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine because the ice cream truck thing, I guess, is one of those cool stories that you always tell at the start when they go, oh, oh, who, yeah, who are you? I hear you drive an ice cream truck, all that kind of stuff. Well, this whole episode, by the way, is on YouTube if anyone ever wants to watch this. He did okay at the questions. Not perfect, but he did okay. But then when it came to the board time, he would frequently get the exact same space that was something like three thousand in a spin, or four thousand in a spin, or five thousand in a spin, because the way it, like the the screens randomly change too, along with the randomly selecting light square. But he would just over and over and over get the same square, and the other it would keep coming back to the other contestants who would look increasingly just like confused. Like, they wanted to stop clapping after a while because he kept hitting it over and over and over. And it got to the point where it was just ridiculous. And then people started getting suspicious when he would spin and he would start cheering as soon as he pressed the button to stop the wheel. But before, his eyes could actually see that he had won something because he knew that he was going to win something. That's because he found a pattern in the lights. Where if if it started at a certain square and he followed it, he would know exactly when to press the button that would give him extra money plus another chance to spin. So he could almost infinitely do it. He ended up winning a very large amount of money. I think uh, today's equivalent would be a quarter million dollars. When that was, at the time, the most anyone had ever won on a game show. I mean, unsurprisingly, that, just, that was not good. So they got kind of suspicious afterwards at him. Of, I mean, obviously, he won a ridiculous amount of money, and he hit the same square over and over. No way was he accidentally doing this. He had to know something. Well, it turned out there was nothing against the rules or illegal about what he did. He had the skill to memorize how the board went. And after that, they did change up the board, I think, right after that broadcast, whenever they had a chance to. And so you couldn't really do that anymore. And they would even switch it up every two or three weeks additionally to make it extra hard. After that, uh, Michael Larson doesn't really matter as much. He got into a series of scams and lost all his money. But still he is in game show history for how he magically in like broke an entire game show well there's another guy this one's in the uk uh, so have you heard of who wants to be a millionaire
0: uh i believe i have
1: <laughs> maybe even earlier on this show well, there's a British version of it, too, unsurprisingly. There's an everything version of it. There's this guy named Charles Ingram. He was, I think, a major in a military – yeah, a former British Army major. And he played millionaire in 2001. I don't know how uh, millionaire works in the U.K. I think it might be because it's a smaller country. But his wife had already been on the show before and won some money. And his wife's brother had already been on the show and won some money. And now he is. I guess there's a a very selective pool of people in the UK who want to be on this show.
0: (laughs) I guess not a lot of (laughs) British people want to be millionaires.
1: (laughs) I guess not.
0: Although I think the show actually started over there.
1: Oh, did it? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there's a whole documentary about this and about the last guy has talked about, they're both on YouTube. If anyone wants to watch the watch these, cause they're really interesting. And they both show the video of the episode in its entirety with like commentary cut throughout from like producers and just various people. All right. So this guy, like I said, his wife has already been on the show before and he may, if you know the show at all, you always have to beat this fastest finger question before you can be in the hot seat. There are like 15 people who do that, something like that, who have to do the fastest finger, and he happened to win. And so the first few questions, really easy, breeze through them. But then it got more difficult. And, I mean, like the show does, it got more difficult. And so he'd get stuck sometimes. And what he would do is he would go, hmm, it could be A, and then he'd rest. "Like It could be B, and then eventually there would be a cough in the background from one of the fastest finger contestants. Hmm. And that's where he's like, mm, yeah, no, I, th- I think it must be that one. And so he'd go with it, and it was right. And this would keep happening for several questions in a row. <clears throat> one time, the guy coughing seemingly didn't know the answer, but his wife coughed on the right choice instead up in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Just to help him out, I guess. And another time, all right, so the the cheating guy, I mean, they're all cheating, but the one who was fastest finger and giving away the answers, he was an extra cheater, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's all the same cheating. So his accomplice, whose name is Tequin Wittick, which is a very United Kingdom sounding name. Tequan Wittick. Yes. <laughs> uh, he didn't know the answer a couple times. But Well, one of the other Fastest Finger contestants next to him, apparently this is the thing they would do. They frequently just discuss in the shadowy background, like, oh, hey, you know this one? Like, yeah, I think that thing they're talking about is a hat. And so once his neighbor let him know it was a hat, he would then cough when the hat choice was chosen. And this went all the way to the final question, the $1 million question I'm going to ask you just, just as a mini quiz. A number one followed by 100 zeros is known by what name?
0: A Google Plus. Yes.
1: Oh, just just Google, but the, still you oh, would have gotten it with the choices because it's Google, Megatron, gigabit or nanomol. That was the million dollar question and I mean I don't maybe we're just wow. weird and happen to know that. But <laughs> still I couldn't believe it. Well he cheated uh, The host had no idea. He thought he was just really excited. But a lot of the producers and cameramen and audience members and Fastest Finger contestants were pretty suspicious. And so they would go back and they listened to the video and heard all the strategic coughing. The thing was, Tequan Wittick got to go up there, I think right afterwards. He ended up winning the next Fastest Finger. And suddenly his mysterious cough was gone. He didn't have it before. He didn't have it after. Or after. He only had it during that one guy playing, Charles Ingram. Well, uh, it, it, Charles Ingram became known as the coughing major, even though he wasn't the one coughing, so that doesn't really make sense. Well, uh, he did get sued for this, and he did lose. He and his wife and his uh, helper, Tekwin Wittick, they all got, well, suspended jail sentences, I guess, because it was not it was bad, but it's not, like, prison and bad. They did have to give a lot of money back. I mean, they didn't get the million anymore. They did not give them that. But, yeah, so he, at least he got caught. The other guy didn't, but he lost it all just, I guess, karma for cheating. But, oh, yeah, uh, I guess I should say... I don't have to say allegedly because Charles Ingram did get sued for it, but recently there was some article saying that maybe he's innocent this whole time. I, mean, I saw the documentary. It looked really suspicious the way it came out. But uh, So now there's a Wikip- on the Wikipedia page, there is now a big sign on it saying the truthfulness of this article has been questioned huh. because some random article came out that it might not be true anymore. But it's definitely true. So those are the, there have been other little smaller cases of game show cheating. I'm sure there have been several more than that, but those people weren't greedy and they stopped so they wouldn't get caught. And we'll just never know about those. But these two got really greedy with it and made it really obvious.
0: So if you're ever going to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, make sure you bring some cough drops so you don't get accused of cheating. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. Or find a better way to, to get your cheating message across. There was an episode of Monk, actually, with a game show cheater that I still remember. It was in cahoots oh, yeah. with the host, the cheater.
0: Well, Ben, uh, hopefully you won't cheat because I have a little game show for you.
1: Uh-oh. What's this game show called?
0: It's called, Do You Know a Faux Game Show or No? <laughs> wow,
1: that's a long title for a game show. <laughs> I guess it's not unprecedented. Well,
0: I just, I just went with the rhyming thing, and then I just added in more <laughs> rhyming words.
1: Well, we have, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which is a really long title for a game show. True. And, and there may
0: question. be some longer titles in this game show. Oh,
1: No. All right, so how does this game show work, host Heather?
0: Well, I'm going to give you a name and description of a game show, and you have to tell me if it's a faux or fake game show or a real one.
1: Ooh. I probably could have guessed that from the title. I didn't have to ask you.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what they do on game shows, Ben. They explain seemingly simple things.
1: Oh, Yeah, that's a good point. That's like if Wife Swap had to give out like rules about what the show is about. They swap wives. That's what it's about.
0: Yep. All right, so are you ready for your challenge?
1: I am. And what do I win if I win? Do I just win that history fact about Steve Jobs?
0: Uh, you win bragging rights and to know that you have made a comeback from the flower quiz.
1: Oh, yeah, that was really bad. <laughs>
0: Hopefully you'll do better this time.
1: I really hope so. I am a fan of game shows, so maybe I've heard of some of these.
0: Okay. Here's your first game show. Elevator.
1: Oh, I, I watch Elevator on, uh, on Hulu. We watched a full season of it a couple months ago.
0: <laughs> okay, then I guess you're <laughs> guessing it's real.
1: Nah, I'm to go with fake. <laughs> we watched a fake <laughs> game show.
0: Hey, that's possible.
1: Oh, oh, crap! It is, but yeah, I no, that show was hilarious.
0: Yep, you're correct. It's a 2015 American horror game show where three contestants ride a haunted elevator through an abandoned warehouse.
1: Yeah, and like the, the challenges they do feel like a, a more intense version of one escape room challenge. Just, hmm. But like, if there's one challenge, they made big budget. There's all, all my favorite stuff that they do on r- reality game shows, That like Survivor. Because I like Survivor sometimes, but then there's a challenge that's just stand on this post for a long time. That's not a challenge.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually get to the part where it says what the actual challenges were. It just said they ride a haunted elevator. So. There was,
1: there's ridiculous stuff. They try to scare you during it. But sometimes it's just like matching sounds of bells, but you're under stress at the same time. So you have to figure stuff out and people are scared to do it. I don't know. It's really cool to watch. and it's hilarious. Do
0: they win
1: anything? Yeah, they win money for every floor they like the first floor is easy, it's 5,000, the next floor is 10,000. The last one's 15,000. If someone fails on their floor, they get killed or captured or whatever, and they are no longer getting to help. And after that, there's one big round where they have to go through, like, a gauntlet of scary stuff, just trying to grab money from all over the place. That's just in the scare gauntlet. It's like going through a more intense haunted house.
0: Okay. Well, so far, you're (laughs) winning with flying colors. (laughs) All right. How about... Are you the cool mom... Where moms compete in challenges, including pop culture trivia and music challenges, to determine once and for all which mom is the coolest.
1: Oh, I have not heard of this one. I'm going to go with no? False?
0: You would be correct. Oh, good. (laughs) I made that up.
1: Good. Uh, I was worried because I know there was that game show called Who's Your Daddy? Where they were trying to reunite with their estranged dad. But it was only one of their dads. I think it's. Oh, what it was. yeah. That's a terrible think, game show.
0: Yeah, sort of like Mama Mia, but as a game show. Yeah. All right. What about Ready, Set, Cook?
1: I'm pretty sure I've heard of that one. I want to guess it's a cooking show.
0: <laughs> you are <laughs> correct. It is a cooking game show.
1: I am good. I've not watched that one i think i've heard of it though. Uh,
0: yes it is from the food network it was on in 1995 well it debuted in 1995 and it would have two well-known chefs with two members of the studio audience compete <laughs> as teams to prepare the best meal why the
1: audience what are they gonna do
0: I don't know. I guess they just had a studio audience and they wanted to pick people from the audience. Price is right style.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think I found out why I've heard of it. Uh, So, you know, I've mentioned before how I watch those panel shows. I've watched a lot of like back episodes of it. They have a show called Ready Steady Cook.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually the UK version that this one was based on.
1: I've heard panel shows talk about that a lot. Same with the Great British Bake Off they always talk about.
0: Oh, yeah, that one's really popular right now.
1: I think I heard they don't actually win anything at the end of that. It just ends, and you've done it. You've beat it.
0: Yeah, well, probably just knowing that your thing that you made was the best is enough for them.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Well, I guess that's just a thing in the UK, because I know they also have a game show called Countdown that I've watched uh, comedy versions of. And in that, it's like an anagram and math game. So I I would put it on par with it's what Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune is, but over there. But, you know, we win money on Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. If they win a game, they win a teapot. And if they win, (laughs) like, the whole season, they win a leather-bound encyclopedia or dictionary or something.
0: Hey, in the UK, tea and dictionaries are worth their weight in gold.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay, sorry.
0: All right. What about that's my dog?
1: Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to go with fake.
0: This one is actually real. Oh
1: no, I was has the who's your daddy all over again.
0: So, this was a show from the Family Channel in the US where two families and their dogs competed in games and stunts. Which will well the stunts and games are oriented around the dogs, oh, of okay. course.
1: They make the dogs uh, do stuff?
0: Yes. And it aired between nineteen ninety one and nineteen
1: ninety-five. Okay.
0: I'm not sure what they won for it though.
1: More dogs.
0: Milk bones. <laughs> So, Ben, you've gotten your first wrong answer. Oh, no. Okay. What about Wheel of Misfortune?
1: Oh, no. This has to be fake. It has to be fake.
0: Well, let me read you the description. Okay. Players spin a wheel, field... Field filled <laughs> with undesirable prizes like old gym socks, a week old piece of pizza, and spending thirty minutes locked in a porta potty. Oh
1: do they win stuff too, or do they just hope they don't get the worst stuff?
0: Um, you can win, but the winner gets a trash can full with a mystery prize.
1: I'm going to really hope this is fake.
0: You are correct. I made up that. (laughs) Also, well, there is something called Wheel of Misfortune, but it's like, well, there's a version that you can buy, and then there's like a a video game version, I believe. Okay. But the description I made up myself. I'm not sure what the actual video game one is about
1: <laughs> i don't want to play your version
0: <laughs> okay what about people are funny
1: hmm <laughs> this is such a vague title <laughs> i'm gonna go well i'm gonna say it's real because i know there's one called last comic standing so maybe it's like that but for everyday people
0: well, you're correct. It was real. It ran from 1942 to 1960.
1: Not what I was expecting.
0: It was a radio and a television game show. And contestants, basically they did stunts.
1: Oh, that's going to be a lot of stuff they would do back then. Like that and the gong show and everything else.
0: Yeah, they were big on stunts back in the day. <laughs> All right. What about how's your mother-in-law?
1: Uh How is that even a game show? Fake?
0: <laughs> it's real. What? It was a comedy game show that aired from 1967 to 1968. Why? It had three mothers-in-law who were represented by comedians acting as their defense attorneys
1: that is weird
0: and each comedian would present his case and then for their respective mother-in-law and then a jury of 5 unmarried men and five unmarried women would pick the mother-in-law that they would most like to have and the lucky mother-in-law received $100 what
1: <laughs> okay
0: yeah so that that one was real
1: that is bizarre i know
0: it does sound fake
1: that is bizarre <laughs>
0: But that's why I picked it because the premise sounds so ridiculous. But I think it was a really pretty tongue-in-cheek type of show like it wasn't taking itself seriously.
1: I wonder if that show was rigged too. Uh
0: well, one of the com- a couple of the comedians on the show included George Carlin and Richard Dawson. Okay. So they were some of the mother-in-law defense attorneys.
1: (laughs) That is so weird.
0: All right. What about America's top cat?
1: Okay, no. No, I refuse to believe this one exists.
0: You are correct.
1: Oh, good.
0: (laughs) As much as I wish it exists... Let me just read you the description I made for it. A contest where cats compete for the top prizes of cutest, most talented, most photogenic, and the ultimate prize, America's Top Cat.
1: Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Not related to the character Top Cat.
1: Oh, Top Cat was awesome.
0: Uh, Although I may save that one to pitch (laughs) later to a game show producer.
1: You should. Let's just become game show producers ourselves and open and start all these games.
0: Yeah, we already have a wealth of ideas.
1: You're good to go. Okay.
0: What about Beach Clash?
1: Beach Clash. I'm going to say true because it sounds like it could exist. I just have no idea what it is.
0: Yep, you're right. beach clash aired from 1994 to 1995 (laughs) it had teams of one male and one female clashing and and two (laughs) two quote-unquote hard bodies (laughs) which i think basically (laughs) means people that were in really good shape (laughs) they competed in beach themed events to attempt to win a prize of $10,000 and a Hawaiian vacation.
1: Well, like beach volleyball?
0: Uh, I'm not really sure. Hopefully it was a little more intensive than that.
1: <laughs> Having to run across hot sand to get into the water? Possibly. Sandcastle building?
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> that is so weird.
0: All right, what about what's my crime?
1: Oh, no. I'm going to say real, and if so, it sounds like it's from the 50s again.
0: (sighs) I finally tricked you. No. (laughs) It's actually fake, but Uh. it is, in a sense, real because it was a fake show within the movie 101 dalmatians that horace and jasper were watching
1: was it yes I didn't it know was that. based
0: on the real show what's my line
1: oh i had no idea
0: okay one last question my dad is better than your dad
1: Real Where kids' dads have to fight each other
0: <laughs> Well, you're correct on the real part <laughs> Not so much on the fighting part
1: oh. uh,
0: Yeah, it was real It was on NBC And it came out in 2008 And was quickly cancelled in April <laughs> Uh, we I... came on in February of 2008, and it was canceled in April.
1: I am not surprised.
0: It had four teams of kids and their dads competing to win up to $50,000.
1: Wow. And they had to fight, right?
0: I don't think <laughs> they did any fighting oh, physically. Really
1: to... <laughs> so did I win? the grand prize uh
0: well you did you get bragging rights
1: oh yeah <laughs> awesome well now it's your and, turn
0: oh uh-oh
1: yeah for the finals the special final round called a bonus round yeah because we're tied somehow <laughs> <laughs> We are both co-hosts and contestants of this game. Your round is almost all facts. It takes the traditional path of almost all facts, where you are given three statements, two of which are facts, and the third one is almost a fact. Because sometimes I'm too lazy to make one up myself, I just find one and change the facts. So are you ready to guess which one is almost a fact?
0: I think I'm ready.
1: All right. Buzz in when you think you have the answer. One. Wait,
0: why am I <laughs> buzzing in?
1: You're just going to buzz in with your voice against the clock that's also going.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. One. The music that plays in Final Jeopardy is called Griffin's Tune. I forgot to say, all three of these are based off of Jeopardy. Oh, okay. Two. Two. Jeopardy had a spin-off for children called Jep. JEP exclamation point. Three. One man won an episode of Jeopardy with a total of one dollar.
0: Won an episode?
1: He won an episode with a total of one dollar.
0: What? Oh boy. Okay. Well, <laughs> hmm. Now I wish I would have looked a little closer when I was going through all those game show names, because the one about the kids that's called Jep sounds fake. (laughs) But had I more closely examined the game show names, I would know. (laughs) Ha ha ha. The one dollar thing, that sounds just crazy enough to be true.
1: Or have and... I learned by now to start making up ones that are slightly crazy since I know that that's something you use?
0: Mm, possibly. But then the one about the music. That also seems too random to be fake. So I'm going to go with my gut and choose the kids show called Jep. Is fake.
1: Alright, let's go through these. So one man named Daryl Scott did win an episode of Jeopardy with a total of one dollar.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, he's an Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. He was against a therapist and a storyteller. And before Final Jeopardy, uh he had eight thousand two hundred and one, one of them had eight thousand two hundred, and one had two thousand two hundred uh, yeah 2 thousand two hundred somehow it got just that close and so he was ahead by one dollar and they had to answer a question two of them got it wrong the other one or I mean actually all three got it wrong but Daryl who won wagered everything but one dollar so the scores were zero zero and one
0: well wow.
1: yeah. That is ridiculous. <clears throat> uh, Jeopardy did have a spinoff called Jep. Oh, no. You can watch some episodes online. I found a few on YouTube. It was... See, it bothers me, first of all, because Jeopardy is not spelled jep It's spelled geo
0: Yeah.
1: But no, this is just... Actually, it reminds me a lot of Jeb Bush's logo, because it's just... Jeb exclamation point. This is Jep exclamation point. (laughs) It was on the game show network, actually. In the ninety-eight-99 season, in the Discovery Kids, there was a a voice actor was the host of it. It did not do great. It's really weird because this is before there was a kids' week on Jeopardy. So that's why I guess they had the idea for it. And they're like, after it failed, they went ahead and just stopped. So the three rounds, instead of being Jeopardy, Double Jeopardy, and Final Jeopardy, there was Jeopardy, Hyper Jeopardy, and Super Jeopardy. Oh, sorry, Jep. Hyper Jep and Super Jep. (laughs) Uh, There was the Jep Squad, which is like the video clue people, except they were kids. Instead of picking, I mean, you can sort of pick a category, but you can't pick the prize amount. You hit a button that randomly selects the prize amount. It it was really weird. There's even a thing where I think if you get a few wrong in a row, you are in jeopardy. I think you have to get two wrong, and then your chair goes behind some walls, and you can't be in for the next like couple clues or something. Whoa. It didn't do well, because it's crazy. Yeah. People say it tried to take what Nickelodeon does well with kids' game shows, but did them all very poorly.
0: And they gave it a stupid name.
1: (laughs) Jep! So the final Jeopardy music is not called Griffin's Tune. I just called it that because the creative Jeopardy is Merv Griffin. I almost called it Merv's Tune, but I like Griffin better. It was originally called Time for Tony.
0: Who's Tony?
1: Tony is uh, Merv Griffin's son, I think. It was a lullaby he wrote for his son. When he's asleep. And uh, it is now called Think! Exclamation point.
0: That makes and more sense.
1: Merv Griffin estimates that that one song has earned him probably $70 million.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah. So, time for Tony. So, oh, sorry, you just win the Alphabet Scoop home game. <laughs> that's what this is, I guess though, that we're recording right now.
0: Yeah, cuz I'm at home.
1: Yeah, so yes, yeah, so am I. And you did just play the game, so you know the answer, so you would win next time playing the home game. True. So I guess that's pretty much it for game shows. If you want to contact us, want to correct us on something that like we said wrong or just want to say hello. Email is gmail.com, Also, alphabetscoopcast.blogspot.com Or also at Facebook and Twitter with the obvious name, Alphabet Scoop And we will read those also And I, we're probably somewhere else I forget Every You know where to find us So what is next week going to be, H? Heather? <laughs> H will only talk about you
0: Heather trivia.
1: Uh Hitler. Probably not Hitler.
0: High waisted jeans. <laughs> I
1: don't I'm not sure how much we could get out of high waisted jeans.
0: I oh, don't know, they're really popular right now. Just ask uh, Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, is that what she does? Is that what she's oh, famous for? She wears for?
0: a lot of <laughs> high waisted pants right now.
1: I had no idea. The only time I've ever seen her is award show dresses (laughs) i have no idea what kind of pants she wears
0: high-waisted ones
1: apparently so it could be h4 hampton inn or haberdasheries i don't know anyway we'll figure it out next week
0: orders
1: oh that's a cheaty way but yeah So uh, until, Wait, what do we say at the end?
0: Uh, well, it's G, so we could just say goodbye. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye. Good night.